Hey, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn along with my partner. Fred Mooney here, and we're so excited to be here to share this time with you. We're going to have some great music, some personal testimonies in the Word of God, and we're excited about you riding along with us in the cab. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day Isn't it, Fred Mooney? Yes, it is. Amen. Amen. We got a great message on tonight's program. We're going to ride along with these drivers out there on the road. Just jump in the cab and, and ride along with them. And this message was taken from our conference call line. Oh, that's right. This is uh, Cliff Clark, isn't it? My good friend Cliff Clark. Yeah, he's got a great message. He's gonna. What's he going to be preaching on tonight, Fred? I believe... He is going to preach on the Father's pride and joy. Amen. All right. Our conference line is every Thursday night at 5 o'clock Central Time. And we invite everybody all across the country to join us on the conference line. What we do is have church on the road. 
If you would like to be on the conference line, give us a call at 727-731-5062. That's 727-731-5062. That's Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time. And the mountain time, what time is it, Fred? Is that 4 p.m.? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're all the way out there on that left coast... That would be 3 p.m. 3 p.m. in California and out out there on the West Coast. So come join us and let's have church on the road Thursday nights and you'll be glad you did. Remember that number is 727-731-5062. It's 100% free. You're right, Fred. That is, it is free to join us. It doesn't cost you nothing except a little bit of your time. And you'll be blessed, I guarantee it. Exactly. <laughs> hey, let's play a song, Fred. Uh, let's play something that I think these drivers are going to like out there on that old lonesome road. How about a song by Roger Barkley Jr.? Jr. Man, I love his music. Oh, I do too. And he has got a great ministry, uh, Barkley Media Ministry. He can help you with your media needs whatever they are he can do websites he can do commercials he can do well he he does our little uh, cards for us our collector cards he designs all them for us he's quite a guy to have on the team he can do everything but powder the baby that's like having a utility infielder man he can play any position you put him in all right he's got a glove that'll fit whatever our needs are so log on to rogerbarkleyjr.com And check out his website as you listen to this great song that he wrote and performs. Here's our buddy, Roger Barkley, Jr. I had a daddy that fall. For Uncle Sam I got uncles and cousins That battled in Vietnam I got in-laws and outlaws They all bled red, white, and blue Names on the wall that spelled freedom for me and you. Johnny came home with one leg from Afghanistan. Jenny still loved him and she stood by her man Army, the Navy Air Force, Coast Guard and Marines When we all come together Well that's something like you've never seen From the U.S. of A 
Well, Fred, I think that is a great song. And you know what? I think we ought to have one more song by Roger Barkley Jr. before we get into Cliff Clark's message, Father's Pride and Joy. Here's Roger Barkley Jr. Packing up my suitcase Going to the next place It don't matter where I get to go What I do it ain't for sure I gotta tell him about his love In this world of push and shove I know I'm a little hard But I gotta tell them about my God It's the highway life for me Since Jesus set me free There's no place I'd rather be Surrounded by my family At the rodeos, concert halls, churches, fairs, antique malls Barnyards or trucks stop rolling down the black top Loading up and get gone, fueling up and moving on There's no place I'd rather be It's the highway life for me Quiet like home The hours they seem so long Sometimes I feel so run down Just trying to get to the next town Sitting here behind the wheel Sometimes it seems so unreal That he wouldn't trust me Halls, churches, fairs, antique malls, barnyards, or trucks stop rolling down the blacktop, loading up and get gone, fueling up and moving on. There's no place I'd rather be. It's a highway life for me. It's a highway life for me. Since Jesus set me free, there's no place I'd rather be. Churches, fairs, and antique malls, barnyards, or trucks, stops, rolling on down that blacktop, loading up and get gone, fueling up and moving on. There's no place I'd rather be. It's a highway life for me. There's no place I'd rather be. It's a highway life for me. Friends, what a great song. Roger Barkley Jr., rogerbarkleyjr.com. Contact him and order some of his music or book him for your church or your Christian event. Or Roger Barkley Jr. can help you with whatever media needs you have. 
And now it's time for our speaker, Cliff Clark. And what a great speaker he is. We love Cliff. He's a big part of Lonesome Road Ministry. So here's our good friend, Pastor Chaplain Cliff Clark. I want to say thank you for the honor of getting to be here tonight. I, I have prayed about this message for weeks. And I, I, I want you to know something that usually the longer I pray about a sermon, the longer it is. <laughs> Don't worry. The Lord, the Lord wouldn't let me. Uh, normally I write things down and make notes. And for some reason this time, the Lord didn't let me make notes out of it. So, well, I'm sorry. I won't be able to send anybody any notes, but I'm going to preach from my heart. Preach from my heart. I uh, I want to talk to you tonight about a father's pride and joy. I want to talk to you tonight about a father's pride and joy. There's a woman in the Bible that I want to talk about tonight, and her name is Abigail. Her name is Abigail in the Bible. And uh, Abigail, the word Abigail, the name Abigail, guess what it means? <laughs> you got it. It means my father's pride and joy. Oh, I wish I could be like Abigail. I wish with my heavenly father that I could be his pride and joy. I, I want to talk to you tonight about Abigail and her story and, and about being the Father's pride and joy. I want to go over to First Samuel chapter 25, verse 1. First uh, Samuel 25, verse 1. And here I'd like to call this Abigail, or call it a Father's pride and joy, or whatever you want to call it, something like that. First Samuel 25, verse 1. And Samuel died, and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man there and man whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great and he had 3,000 sheep. Man, that's a lot of bad going on. And a thousand goats, that's a lot of name, name, Sounds like a Baptist convention. But anyway, uh, he had 3,000 goats almost shitting, and he was shearing sheep in Carmel. Now, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. And the man was curlish, or churlish, rather, I should say, and evil in his doing. And was at, uh, and was at the house of Caleb. Father, in Jesus' name, and under thy know how, and your richest blessings to the Lord. And Lord, help me to say and to do, to say and to do the things that you would have me to do tonight. Please, Lord, speak, speak your word to me. Speak, Lord, to whoever's listening. And Father, help us to say something that would count for good in the kingdom of God. I read something the other day on the internet, you know, you get all these uh, goofy little stories and all this stuff. And I read something the other day and it said that there was a there was a man in Florida and him and his wife went on vacation. And they were seeing all the sites of Florida, you know, <laughs> all the sites of Florida. And they happened upon this place where they 
racial alligators, you know. And they they went into this place and they were they were watching the alligator wrestling guy and man he was uh, giving it this and uh, giving it that. Oh man, he was a step step wrestling them alligators and all of a sudden he stopped and he went over on the far back and he said, Can everybody hear me? Yep, yep, yep. Uh said I've been doing this for 40 some years, and he said that I will give $10 million to anybody that can swim all the way across this lake full of alligators, make it all the way across, and if you get to this side where I understand, then I'll give you $10 million. Nobody ever took me up on it. And all of a sudden, there was a blood curdling scream, and the guy that was on vacation, there was a blood curdling scream, and the guy jumped straight up in the air, <laughs> and he landed in the water full of alligators, and he was swimming, 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 and man, they were just snap, snap, snapping. He was, he was a slapping and a beating and doing his best, man. He was swimming for all he had, and he. He thanked the Lord. He finally made it to the other side, and he crawled up on the base, and the man said, Woo! He said, nobody's ever took me up on that ch- that challenge. He said, nobody. He said, here's a check for $10 million. The poor man and his wife went to the hotel that night, and the hotel clerk said, man, it's all over town. You're one of the bravest men that we ever knew, man, swimming in that lake full of alligators. Oh, he said, you've got so much courage. and Oh, you're so awesome. The man said, courage, nothing. Somebody pushed me. And the man's wife stood behind him and just smiled. <laughs> you know, I heard it said behind every good man, there's a good woman. Sometimes the woman's out and leaves. But I believe that's true, drivers. I believe that's true. The spouse is worth his or her weight in gold. Weight in gold. I, I want to tell you a story about Abigail tonight. She was uh, she was worth her weight in gold to her husband, whether he knew it or not. The Bible said that uh, Samuel died. Samuel's been leading uh, the nation of Israel for a long time. And the Israelites gathered together and they buried him and had a big official, official ceremony. And David was, uh, had already been anointed king by Samuel, but he hadn't take over, taken over yet. Saul was still the official king of Israel, and, and Saul was very jealous, and he was, he was after David. He was trying to catch him and trying to kill him. And, and Samuel had always kind of been David's protector. And, and, and now Samuel died, and the Bible says that David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now, the wilderness of Paran, Paran, brothers and sisters, in plain English, David went down to the middle of nowhere because he lost Samuel, one of his protectors, you know. And it said that while he was down there, just a few miles from where David was in camp, said there was a man, a man whose possessions were in Carmel. Now, Biblically, what that means, what that means is that that uh, the man was from men, which was kind of a smaller town. But Carmel was a was a 
a, a larger, a larger place, a larger town, and it, it means that he had, he lived in one town and had all of his riches and his possessions in another town. That was a Bible way of saying the guy was rich. He was rich, and, and there was a man by the by the. It says that he was very great, and it says that he had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats. Man, he had them everywhere. And it was tied the time of shearing. It was tied the festival time. It would be equivalent to to what we would say was Thanksgiving and Christmas all put together. And they were shearing the sheep and and the, the, they were harvesting the 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 sheep for the year. And it was a festive, festive time. And the, the man's name there was a man there, and his name was Nabal. Now the word Nabal in Hebrew means fool. And accordingly, I'd like to tell you about four people tonight. I would like to tell you about a foolish farmer. I would like to tell you about a furious king. I would like to tell you about a frightened servant, frightened freed servant. And I would also like to tell you about a faithful wife. And the Bible says this, this man's name was Nabal, and the word Nabal means fool. And boy, I tell you, he was named right. He was named right. The Bible, the Bible, if you read the story, the Bible calls him a fool. Now, I want you to know that I'm not calling him a fool. The Bible says he is a fool. And in the Bible, a fool is a man that thinks he can do everything without God. Give other sisters wherever you are in your walk with the Lord. I want you to understand that God is there with you, that you need the Lord no matter what you're going through, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're driving the semi or whether you own the whole fleet. God, the Word of God says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God got you there. God's been protecting you. But Nabal was the kind of guy that, I did this all by myself. And the Bible says he was very curlish. That word curlish in Hebrew, it means he was very abusive. It means he was very obnoxious. It means he was hot-tempered. It means that you, you couldn't even talk to the guy. He, he, was, he was, the Bible says that he was drunk. He was a drunkard and hot-tempered and abusive. And the Bible says he was a fool because he was far away from the Lord. You know, Nabal in this story represents a man that is what my old grandma used to call the sinner. He's far away from the Lord. Far away from the Lord and doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. But all the word says that there was a that there was a, a woman in the story and that was Nabal's wife. And Nabal's wife was Abigail, and as we've studied before, as we've studied before, as I said before, Abigail, the Bible called her intelligent and beautiful. Now, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the Bible, the book of truth, and if I call somebody intelligent and beautiful, maybe they are. But believe me, if the Word of God says that you are intelligent and that you are beautiful, Abigail must have been, like my old daddy used to say, 
Abigail must have been dropped dead gorgeous. I want to tell you something else. I told you her name meant her father's pride and joy. I don't know how in the world somebody so smart and somebody so beautiful and somebody that's her father's pride and joy and somebody that manages her household well, you'll see later in the story, she managed her household well. She was in charge. I don't know how somebody wound up married to a neighbor. And I, I want you to know, with God, that doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference how you got to the place where you are. I want you to know that if you're in a mess, stop worrying about, Lord, how did I get here? And start saying, God, help me, help me in this situation. I love Abigail because Abigail is the model of a Christian in this story. Abigail was the wife. Abigail was the wife that she should be. Abigail was the wife that she should be. You can read about about Abigail and, and when she found out what was going on, see, they were shearing sheep and David David had protected Nabal sheep. For the whole year, it was kind of voluntary, but it was kind of an unwritten rule. And if somebody worked for you for over a year, at the end of that year, when the right time came, you would reward them. It was considered common courtesy. And and uh, that, that David in this story is the curious king. Now, I'm going to tell you in a minute, uh, Nabal represents the lost man. Uh, Abigail represents the Christian woman. Uh, David represents the king of kings. And I'll talk to you about that in a minute. David had worked all that time, and he was expecting a reward. And he had ten of his men go to Nabal at sheep shearing time and do what was customary and say, if you've got anything extra, David had 600 men with their families, and they had worked for over a year doing the right thing. Can I ask you something? Have you ever done the right thing and had somebody treated you bad? Have you ever done the right thing and somebody treated you awful? Can I say to you that, that David had sent his men down there, and Nabal, not only did he not do what he'd done, Nabal cursed his family. Nabal talked to David's men like they were awful. If they've ever done the right thing, they've got a good old-fashioned cousin for it. And David, when they came back and told David, David was mad. See, just a few weeks earlier, David had been in the place to avenge himself of his enemy of King Saul. And David did not do that because it was the right thing not to do that. But now David is about to do the very same thing. He told all of his men, Strap on your sword. We're going to go, we're going to, and I'm paraphrasing, we're going to go lop his head off. He doesn't deserve it. We're going to get him. That tells me that one minute I can be serving the Lord and doing the right thing, and then the next minute in a heartbeat I can lose my temper and I'm ready to do something that if David had done that, killed Nabal, it would have affected his relationship with God. It would have affected his ability to be used by God because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. 
And I don't care, loved one, who's hurt you. Let God have it, because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We're going to go down there, and we're going to lop their heads off. But the Bible said that there was a, a servant, a freed servant. Why do I think that David is like Jesus? Because, loved one, Jesus has been good to us. And you'll see in the story, you'll see in the story, David had been the protector. And David had done the right thing by, by Nabal and all those around him, even when they don't deserve it. And can I say Jesus does that for us? Even, even when the Holy Spirit helps us preach, even when we don't deserve it, even when we don't deserve God's blessing, and even when we don't deserve God's mercy, and even when we treat the, the Savior, the King, the King of Kings, like we do, we talk bad about him, and we use his name in vain, and we curse his name. He still loves us. He still loves us. But he has a right. He has a right to whip out the sword and, and show us where we're wrong and where he's right. The Bible said that one of Nabal's servants got free. Uh, see, we, we, you and I, are the three servants. We're the one who has been in captivity to the devil. We're the one that has been the slave to sin. But somehow, somewhere, I don't know what your story is, but somehow, somewhere, you got free. You got free, and the first thing that this servant did, he didn't run off. Because, you see, his testimony, he needed to tell Abigail, not Nabal, because you couldn't even talk to Nabal. He needed to tell the Christian, hey, I want to tell you what the king did for us. I want to tell you what the king did for us. He was a wall to us, and he never heard us. And he protected, and he was there for his ninety day. I'm a servant of the Most High God, and I've been forgiven and set free and cut loose from from the devil, from old Nabal, and and I, for my own sake and for the sake of my family, for my own sake self and the sake of my family, I need to testify to other Christians what the King has done for me. Thank you, Lord. Father, help me preach. The servant went to Abigail. He went to Abigail and he said, Now, Abigail, I can't talk to old Nabal. He's a fool. I can't talk to old Nabal, but Abigail, I want you to know what the king did. He didn't hurt, it. He didn't hurt us, and he treated us right. Your testimony is important. When you're talking to another driver in the middle of a, of a truck stop, over that cup of coffee, and you begin, maybe you don't know a lot about the Bible, but you don't thump the Bible at him. You just share what the king has done for you. That's what's important. Share what the king has done and how he's protected you and how he's been a wall and he's kept out the bad things for me and he's kept in the good things. Thank you, Lord. He's been a wall to us, Abigail. Now, Abigail was very smart. I love Abigail because she was consistent. She had, a, had been providing for a house, and she had all this stuff prepared. And I know it was special for Caesar. 
But can you, can you, can you imagine the Bible said she gathered up 200 loaves of bread and, and it went on and on and on about the food she gathered up. She gathered up mule loads of food to take to those 600 men and their families. A Christian woman should prepare to be a blessing. A Christian man should always be prepared to be a blessing, even if you're married to a fool. She gathered it all up, and Abigail was consistent. Abigail, Abigail gathered it up, and she began to do what she should do. A Christian woman does what she should do. My father was a my father, I loved him with all of my heart. But my father was a lot like Nabal. And when my father was younger, I'm his firstborn son, and my father never could get over the fact that he had a handicapped son. He would, he would constantly tell my mama, they can't be my boy. They can't be my boy. And my father would get to drinking, and he would, he would get drunk, and he would, he would beat on my mama, and he put my mama in the hospital seven times, seven different times, and one of those times, one of those times, Dad was throwing a fit, and I'd had enough, and I began to rant and rave, and I was already a Christian, and I began to rant and rave and tell what a no good man he was, and I began, and my mama said. Shut up! I said, what? My mama said, shut up! I said, mama, it's the truth. He is a fool. He is a neighbor. She said, I know it. And everybody else does. But I won't let you to talk about him like that. And she began to do what was right. And I'm honored to say that very late in life, after a lot of mistakes, my father, who had had many mistakes, came to the Lord for real. And it's because my mama was an Abigail. Her name was Alice, but my mama was an Abigail and willing to do the right thing at the right time. Now, if you listen to it, and you're a man and you have an abusive spouse, or you're a woman and you have an abusive spouse, oh, Mother Clark, you should have just said woman. No. I worked as a women's, uh, I worked as an abuse counselor for many years. And I'm sorry to say, Lord Torrance, that we had ladies that had been abused. And we had men that had been abused, too. And I, I, want, I want you to know that if, you, if you're in the middle of an abusive situation, I want you to know that God didn't intend for you to take all that. But I also want you to know, I want you to look at Abigail's example of that abuse and the breaking of a vow that he made a, he or she made a vow that you would be precious to them, precious to them. But I want you to look at what Abigail did. Do you realize that she realized that David was coming, David was coming to lop off the cut off, he was coming to cut off Nabal's head. And this could have been, this could have been Abigail's chance. What do you mean, Clint? 
all she would have had to have done was not to have done anything. And the guy that had been the abuser, the guy that had been the fool, the guy that had been the, had been the neighbor, David would have taken care of the poor and she would have been free. But you see, Abigail was a godly woman. Abigail was a Christian woman. And she kept doing the right thing. She kept doing the right. She went to the king. She went, she gathered up the gifts. She gathered up the stuff and she rode to, to David as fast as she could run. Can you see her courage? One little woman with a few servants rides to David and David is mad and he's coming across the valley and David is mad and there's David and 600 men with swords that are just as mad as he is. And Abigail sees him coming, sees him coming and the Bible says that she jumped off a donkey and she fell on her face before the king. <laughs> What's the right thing to do? I'm married to a neighbor. I'm married to a fool. What's the right thing to do? Fall on your face before the king and begin to <laughs> and begin to pour your heart out. Begin to pour your heart out. <laughs> begin to pour your heart out to the king and intercede, intercede for your family. Intercede for your spouse. Intercede. Intercede for your loved one. Abigail begins to talk to David like he already is a king. Forget me. Serve the Lord. I can serve the Lord. And please let me talk to you. Please let me talk to you. And she begins to reason with the king. And she begins to remind David of all the promises. Oh, if you go and do something with your family, do your stuff. Get before the <laughs> get before the king and remind him of his promises to you and in his word. Father, you said. Father, you said. Father, you said. What did he said about your situation? You said, Lord, if I were to give the Lord that you would bless. You said, if I were to give the David said, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or seen begging bread. I have a need. Father, you said, train up a child in the way that he should. <laughs> train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Lord, remember, remember, Abigail interceded to the king. What need do you have? <laughs> Can I tell you what happened? <laughs> you, you, you read the rest of the story, you'll find out something. You'll find out that Abigail was very wise, remember? She didn't tell her husband. When she went down to talk to David, didn't lie to him, she just didn't tell him. Whenever she came back, the word says that Nabal was drunk and having a party. And she knew better to talk to them, use wisdom, boys and girls. 
Use wisdom when you talk to your loved ones. Use wisdom when you talk to your spouse. She didn't talk to Dave all when he was drunk in front of all of his friends. But she waited until morning. And she in the morning, she told Nabal all about it. She said, David was coming down here to kill you. And he was that close to killing you, and you could have died. There's a lot of fools that need to know the truth. But we need to pray about the right time and the right way to tell them the truth. You could have died, Nabal. And the Word of God says that, and I'm paraphrasing, it says that Nabal had a heart attack or a stroke of some kind, and ten days later, he died. Now, if Abigail would have took things in her own hands, if Abigail would have took things in her own hands and let David kill Nabal, just, just don't do nothing, she wouldn't have got where she got. But by letting God take care of it, and by letting God handle the right the situation, and taking her loved one to God, God took Nabal, took the fool out of her life in the right way. And just a few days after that, she got a ah, she got a marriage proposal from David himself, a marriage proposal to be the bride of the king. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that when you do the right thing in the right way at the right time, it may take a while, and there may be trouble, but God can help you. It doesn't say, it doesn't say we won't go through a fiery furnace, but he'll be right there with us. And it doesn't say we won't go through trouble. But if you will be like Abigail and be consistent and be Christian and, and remind the king of his promises, God will take care of you. Dear driver, if you're listening to me tonight and you've had all kinds of trouble, take it to the king. Faced a mountain that I never faced before. That's why I'm calling on you, Lord. I know it's been a while, but Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you like I never had before. Sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes a trouble seems. Sometimes it takes a desert to get a hold of me. Your love is so much stronger than whatever troubles me. 
trust you and believe Forgive me Jesus I thought I could control Whatever life would throw my way But this I will admit has brought me to my knees Oh, and I, I'm not ashamed to say That sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea problems you need to take it to the king that's right fred we got to take it to the king when we have that mountain of problems drivers 
I don't know what's going on in your life, but Jesus does. And he is the king that you need to bring your problems to. And you can do that right now. And it's as easy as A, B, C. Isn't it, Fred? Salvation is just that easy. A, B, C. First of all, admit that you are a sinner. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And B, you need to believe in Jesus. And in John 3, 16, we all know this verse, but let me go ahead and read it to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if you did A and B, that you've admitted you're a sinner and you've believed upon Jesus Christ, the next you need to confess him as your Lord, and that's found in Romans 10 and 9. Yeah, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it's just that easy, A, B, C. Yeah, Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that word, whosoever. Me too, I'm a whosoever, and, and I'm glad I am. And you, my friend, are a whosoever, and God is calling you today to come to him and confess and believe and he will save you every time. You may be a Christian and you may have tons of problems, but God still wants to, you to load those problems on him. So if you prayed that prayer. Give us a call at yeah. 618-383-2107. Yeah, you can call me or text me on that number or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Let us help you with your walk with Christ. We want to send you a Bible. We want to send you testimony books. We want to send you CDs. We want to send you podcast cards that will help you as you travel that old lonesome road. Somebody's praying, and I can feel it. Somebody's praying for me. Mighty hands are guiding me to protect me from what I can't see.
Folks, if you've enjoyed what you heard and you would like to talk to Lonesome Road Ministries, give Gary a call at 618-383-2107. That's 618-383-2107. Call today. Or you can log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. We would love to hear from you. And that phone number that Fred gave you, you can also text me your mailing address. We'd love to get you on our mailing list and send you some of these every month out there on the road. And remember this, friends. Jesus loves you. And we We do, do too. We'll talk at you later. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track 
preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Rolling down that old lonesome road And I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree